Hey guys, welcome to the After Church Podcast, where we take what we hear on Sunday and apply it to our lives on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and every other day of the week. We're in week four of our Roman series. Today, we're really talking about some good news of justification through Christ Jesus, what He's done for us. We're going to break that down and talk about what that means. We're even going to cover words like propitiation and some other fun stuff like the mercy seat. What? I know. We'll, we'll get to it in just a minute. But today, going to be joined by Kurt Petersheim, uh, campus pastor at the East Campus, and Gary Thompson, the campus pastor at the South Campus. And we are going to really dig into this today in Romans chapter 3, verse 21, to the end of chapter 4. All right, well, let's jump into the podcast. Well, hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. Gary, how you doing? Trey, doing good. Right. Thanks for having me. Curtis? Doing good. Welcome back. Glad to be here. Fourth week in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's good. Oh, good no, conversations. Good. Yeah. Keeping it going, man. We're just hey. keeping it going. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> well, um, you know, this last week we uh boy, we talked about a real heavy section of scripture, uh, one eighteen through three twenty. And it was just like sin, 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 wrath of God. And um, but this week we promised that we would turn the corner and start with a but now. We would like, oh, but all that bad stuff, but the good news. And so I do want to get to the good news. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, chapter 3, verse 21 through the end of chapter 4, which is 4, 25, 24, 25, something like that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to cover, again, a pretty big uh, swath of scripture, but we're going to kind of focus right at the beginning of this on 321 through 325. Uh, some commentators call it the the most uh, yeah. Most influential passage in in scripture. Uh, I had a professor call it the um, the most important paragraph in scripture. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to start by asking a question. Um, and Gary, I think you bring this up in in your message. Right. Have you ever been vouched for or vouched for someone, or have you ever like paid someone's bill or they paid your bill or anything like that? You got a story that Mike can get us started. You get one. I got one. Yeah. Uh, what I was thinking when I. This whole section of scripture about someone paying something for you that you you felt like, man, I didn't deserve that, but I needed it. And when I was youth minister in the eighties, I got sick and had to buy some antibiotic, and the antibiotic was eighty dollars. Like I, I, we just, I mean, we, I, I, I don't know that we had it. I mean, I know it sounds terrible. You're like, man, you, you're. Was this but, the 1940s or 50s? What was it? Gosh. It was the eighties, <laughs> and I was in Kroger, and I was, I was thinking about what am I going to do? And there was a guy there and he saw me and he said, what's your guy? I said, I got some antibiotic. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out, you know, if I'm going to get it. I said, give it to me. I'll pay for it for you. I said, no, no, no. And then he said, no, man, I'm going to get it. And a guy paid for it. I knew him, but I just remember that feeling of, I wasn't worthy of that, mm-hmm. but also I needed it. And it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's my story. Yeah, that, that's yeah. one. Of, I, I I've had many, but that is one that that I remember. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I obviously, have stories of people paying for things. I was trying to think of one where maybe like I did something wrong, even and somebody paid. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have that one. Um, I've told a story like an illustration of like if you stole a dinner at a restaurant and then the owner of the restaurant came and found you and paid for it afterwards. Like that would be the kind of the the cool illustration of mm-hmm. what this passage is all about. But anyway, I mean, yeah, I think we probably all had somebody pay for something right. and just the, yeah, it's always an amazing, like, gosh, that's, or just a free gift or something that's mm-hmm. so undeserved. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had someone, um, it was a relative, uh, my sister-in-law actually was going to sell me her truck and, you know, and it was a certain amount or whatever. And it was something I did not have. 
so I was trying to figure out how I was going to pay for it. And she was like, no, you know what? Here, here's the title. Just man. gave it to me. I was like, what? <laughs> Still drive the truck now. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that um, is awesome. But there, so, so there's always, there's these situations in life where there, you know, there's a debt that needs to be paid or something and we can't do it. We can't pay it. Can't pay the 80 bucks at the mm-hmm. time. And I couldn't afford a truck. And, yeah. You know, but someone comes along and, and does that for you. Similar to what we're talking about today, right? Like the redemption, mm-hmm. the word we get redemption in, in this passage, uh, justification, slightly different. Maybe you mm-hmm. want to give us a, your, your, your take on justification. Well, we've, we've probably used the word righteous a little bit more, um, in the last few podcasts about just being made right with being right with God would be righteousness, right? If you are right with him, um, versus being not right with him and mm-hmm. sin and things like that. Justification really in the words, justification and righteousness in the Greek are very similar from the same root, but, um, justification being more like to be made righteous. Um, so yet, you're either righteous or you're not. You're right. right with God or you're not. Right. Justification would be the thing that, um, the definition of it to to be made right with God, like mm-hmm. to be justified, declared righteous mm-hmm. um, when you're when you're otherwise not. So mm-hmm. sort of a judicial verdict. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not guilty of sin, made right with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I added on to that, you know, account settled, yeah. like... That it's it's been paid for that, that like you're talking yeah. about that you, you're made justified but the count is settled in yeah and it's it's it's, it's a weird thought to have that about because we don't feel that about ourselves yeah. sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. to believe it sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. we'll look at Abraham today and just see right. how it was accredited to right. him yes yes the counting term justified yeah. Yeah. so the justification yeah. term is 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 one of like a legal kind of um, used in legal context and so we kind of it feels a little bit. Uh, like a, a courtroom scene yeah. when we go through this first section. Later on in, in uh, Romans, Paul will use the word reconciliation a lot, mm-hmm. which is more relational. Relational right? aspect right. of right. justification. Yeah. So you could say in a sense, as we get today, you can be made legally right and, may, mm-hmm. and be made you know, righteous or justified uh, in your relationship with God as in you're declared righteous, but yeah, you can still sin Mm-hmm. And and not confess that sin and be out of relationship with God and so not reconciled to Him. So it's kind of possible, right. maybe you know, we could maybe talk about this, but to be declared righteous, but yet still have sin in your life that you have to continue con- continually confess right. to keep the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. uh, reconciled. Yeah, I use the example of of me and my wife. You know, um, we can have an argument, and that doesn't change the the justification, the legal of our marriage right. because we had an argument. Yeah. Right. But I'm not going to be able to sleep in the bed until I've reconciled. <laughs> right. right. And like, hey, you know, let's yeah. get back to relationship. The relationship is not right in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So so let's look. I want to read this passage. Um, 21 through, 321 through 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may look at it a couple different versions. I know you got the NIV. Do you have the NLT? NLT? Okay. You may, do you mind reading first? Maybe you no, read sure. first and I'll follow okay. you. But God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. That was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Man, what beautiful words. <laughs> for we have all sinned, excuse me, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. Mm-hmm. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of sin, of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that Jesus was 
that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who had sinned in times past. Mm. And that is good to me. Yeah, it is. Well, I, was, I got choked up. <laughs> this is uh, this is the NRSV says here, 321, but now apart from, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by His grace as a gift to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by His blood, effective through faith. He did this to show His righteousness, because in His divine forbearance He had passed over the sins previously committed, mm. and it was approved at the, at the present time that He Himself is righteous, and that He justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's see what, what was the NIV? How's it say it? It's very close to yours. Okay. There's not a lot of difference there. So, yeah. Okay, so same. Yeah, most of the same exact words. Well, it's a it's a powerful passage of scripture. Mm-hmm. Let's just walk through some of the pieces of it. Gary, give us that first uh, twenty one again out of the NLT because that was a good. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Okay, so what we see there is this being made right with God. Right. And we weren't made right. We weren't right, right with God. Right. right. That's what we had just covered. That's the in, whole section right. up to there. Yeah. The, all the bad stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, but now, mm-hmm. was the, the shift and the good news is apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed. Um, and then the next line, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's some part for us to play, even though God is the acting agent here, yeah. there's a part for us to play. And when, what is that simply? It's just it's faith, belief, yeah, faith, faith. faith. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, "There's no distinction, uh, or there's no no difference, no difference, or um, it's for everyone, for yes. ev- for everyone." And that's because all of us have sinned and fallen right. short of the glory of God. Um, and now, how are we then justified? How are we made right? It's by His freely grace. by His grace through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and redemption—that's that kind of purchasing word. Yeah. To purchase um, out of, really, it's like a slavery term. To pay the debt. Back then, yeah, to, to pay the debt, mm-hmm. to purchase someone's freedom mm-hmm. out of something else, yeah. And he did that through Christ, mm-hmm. but it was a gift. Like, I don't, does the NLT call it a gift? What did, what did it call it? Was, uh, there in I 24. think the NLT said gift, didn't it? Was it gift? NIV has a gift? Um, mine says, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came okay. through Jesus Christ. So grace, the... Mm-hmm. Greek there cares. It doesn't say gift. But yours says grace then too? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is almost the same word twice if you translate grace as charos, is, it right. is gift. It's, right. mm-hmm. it's like this wonderful gift you've been given. So, it's, and, and, and again, we're going to get later on, that, so that no one would boast, right? Like there's not something right. that you have done. What you've done is the unrighteous part, right. the wickedness part. Um, yeah. But thankful, thankful that... Uh, Christ has given us his grace as a gift. He even says in verse 27, where is boasting? <laughs> it's yes. excluded. Like there's, there is no mm-hmm. boasting here. He, it's like Paul just can't help but remind us. Right, you Don't even try to boast on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this passage, uh, and we get to the justification by faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gary, you may have a lot more notes on this. Though. I, I just saw there's three, three things that are happening there. Um, we get a new status. So we're right with God. We're forgiven. We get a new family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're included in God's people, the Jews and Gentiles alike. Mm-hmm. It's for all people, for all who believe. And then we get like this this new future. 
we, we get a transformed life. We don't have to live like was described in one eighteen mm-hmm. through three twenty. Right. We have a new uh, a new lease on life, transformed life. No, I think it's good. I, I, I mean, I just I had some words down just that you know he's made us right that he's a. <clears throat> He has imputed upon his, his righteousness. And I, I wrote imputed, and I was trying to think of a way to describe it. And I, I had some some thoughts, and I put imprinted. I even put tattooed because, you know, everybody's <laughs> big into tattoos right now. I don't know if that's a good, but just to try to get branded. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 imprinted it on us. Yeah, and it really becomes ours. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that sign then, belo- you belong to him. Right. right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I belong to him. I belong to Christ. Yep. What do, you, what do you justification is such a big word? What do you what are you catching? Anything else in there that jumps um, out at Well, the sacrifice of atonement, um, where he says God presented him. Am I jumping ahead or no, you, go there? I mean, yeah, in this passage of verse twenty five, God presented him. So God God put him forward, right, as a sacrifice of atonement. Um what does that I can't mean? remember what Witcher's said with the NLT how it put it, but um Propitiation. I, don't, I think right. the ESV says propitiation there. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to give it one old churchy word, it's propitiation, which really mm-hmm. just means to, it, well, it means sacrifice of atonement. It means a sacrifice that bears the punishment, the wrath in place of mm-hmm. um, one who really deserves it. Um, you and I have talked a lot. I think you even shared this in a sermon a couple of years ago about, um, is it David Platt who had the illustration about the guy in front of the yeah. dam, is that right? Uh, the Hoover Dam. David, David Platt came up with that, or I don't know if he came up with it, but yeah, that's propitiation. A person, if you, if the Hoover Dam is about to break up in front of you, on you, and then Christ, if that's sin, right, and Christ steps in front and we don't even get wet, mm-hmm. right? The, the dam breaks, the million gallons of water, whatever it is, flows that's down like on you. like the wrath of God on sin. To obliterate yeah. you, yeah. And, and, and Christ steps in front and absorbs all of that. That's really what that mm-hmm. sacrifice of atonement, that, that propitiates, like he absorbs the wrath of God on our behalf um, to spare us and allow us to be have his imputed mm-hmm. righteousness, that our sin, he, he bears our sin so that we can have his righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's the heart of the yeah. gospel. Mm-hmm. Cameron had a great thought when we were talking about this. He, he, he used the word implanted, mm-hmm. that... God has implanted, like He's made us right, but it's it's always it's growing as well. That it, yeah. I thought it was a really good thought that mm-hmm. He's in, He's given us His righteousness, it's planted inside us, but it's growing, and we mm-hmm. become I don't know, we become more righteous, but we become, we become more like Christ. Yeah, yeah sanctification is yeah. then yeah. The, big, yeah. the big church yeah. word that says we're growing in that the Christ life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that whole, to uh, atonement, sacrifice of atonement, though, and you're calling it the propitiation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that word goes all the way into the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. uh, it's the mercy, the mercy seat, seat, right? It's like the, the ark. So it's not just a thing, yeah, right? Right. This this uh, a sacrifice of atonement, mm-hmm. but it's also the place. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing and a place at the same time mm-hmm. um, where we're looking at. So that would have been the mercy seat where the uh, sacrificial lamb would have been. The blood of the sacrificial lamb would have been blood, placed yeah. on the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. That act is an act of atonement in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, but it was also the place in which it was. In the New Testament, Paul's using that word to mean Christ is both of those things. Mm-hmm. He is both the sacrifice right. Right. and he's the place of that sacrifice. Yeah. So we could look to the cross and maybe think, oh, that thing in that moment in history was the place of atonement. But no, no, no. 
It is Christ. He is the yeah. place of right. atonement. It's kind of a cool thought as you say that too. I'm thinking about the Jews and the Gentiles hearing mm. this, right? right? As it's being presented to them. The Jews would, <laughs> would get that, hopefully, yeah. and most of them anyway, would get that and see that and know that, oh yeah, man, he's talking about the Gentiles, probably not, unless they've heard it at some point. But mm-hmm. um, how? I don't know, hopefully, I don't know, maybe Paul's thinking this, man, maybe this would actually create some good conversation between the Jews and Gentiles where Jews could help the Gentiles get it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that propitiation? The Old Testament law and thinking about the blood of the lambs and the, the atonement of all that. I don't know. I, that was just a, a yeah. thought I had just now about maybe this even created some cool camaraderie where the Jews could go, hey, let me, let, I, I want to tell y'all like some of the stuff that was happening in the Old Testament that we, you know, from our ancestry. So I don't know. This is my first Romans podcast. So in the, the previous ones, have y'all talked about, um, like we're talking about a lot of concepts that are rot- mm-hmm. not really familiar. People mm-hmm. are familiar with like yeah. perpetuation. Yeah. And, this is know, our first pe- time bringing okay. that up. Yeah, we're okay, just getting okay. into that. Yeah. And, and so I just want to say, man, get you a commentary. Find yeah. a commentary yeah, in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and you know, you're talking about the mercy seat. Like yeah, we don't talk about that, that right? all the time. <laughs> um, and like, read, study. Wearsby's good. Uh, you got any guys? I'm just trying to give some resources sure. here. Uh, the Bible Project guys are usually okay, my first go-to. Great. Easy yeah. guys. Tim Mackey. Um, Tim Mackey, yeah. Piper, I think, has a good... He has commentary on Romans. Uh, I know he's got a sermon series. He's got, yeah, I mean, he's got eight years of sermons. Yeah. And anyway, I would just say, he's got a don't book let the these big words God, keep yeah. you from understanding this. It's a beautiful concept yeah, that, that's yeah. throughout the Bible. That uh, and, and I am a novice, uh, and I've been doing this a long time, so I would just say read and study. And, Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think it'll, it'll start putting pieces of the puzzle together for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And I, and I did just throw out mercy seat like that was something. No, I didn't mean it. Yeah, it was, but it's it, it, a great, short, it's a great though, picture, yeah. If you've watched the Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> or the Ten Commandments, whatever, it's the Ark of the Covenant, that right. big, beautiful thing yeah. that was built. It's the cherubim that are on top. Their wings kind of face each other, I think. Mm-hmm. That area right on top was mm-hmm. called the mercy seat, the mm-hmm. beam, the, uh, I don't remember the right word, but the mercy seat. And that's where they would pour, actually, the, the blood of the right. would go on yeah. top of that. Right. It sounds kind of gross and nasty, yeah. but that was the way in which God had prescribed yeah. uh, that, that they would show their faithfulness to, to God and then yeah. be atoned for their sins. And now Paul says this is through faith in his blood, right? So right. again, that's just right. turning yep. that beautiful imagery and horrible imagery from the Old Testament into mm-hmm. Jesus fulfills this for us. Yeah. yeah. And you know, uh, one of the Eastridge resources we're going to have is some uh, bookmarks. And on the back of the bookmark actually has some of the definitions for great. some of these words. So that yeah. will that will help out I too. I remember us talking about that. Great. Well, I, I know we're not done uh, talking about this passage. Right after that, Kurt, and I asked, you were chiming in on who, mm-hmm. who God put forward as a sacrifice for atonement or mm-hmm. the propitiation or the um, uh, by his blood. And then there was this last part, mm-hmm. at least in my, my translation says, effective through faith. Effective through faith, yeah. Which it's not that it... The blood of Christ is not effective in and of itself. It's effective. Mm-hmm. But there's a way in which it's applied to us mm. through faith. Through faith. Right. Um, yep. And, I, you know, this may set us up for when we talk about some some deeper theological things in chapters, uh, maybe eight, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, but often there's a debate that kind of rages of whether does God, is he sovereign and complete, which we all think he's sovereign, but is he complete control? We don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Or is there some part that right. we play in it? Um, and it's just, to me, as I read this, it just seems like there's a both and always happening. God is the acting agent. Mm-hmm. He's the one who put forth right. his son. Uh, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't like the Romans caught him. And then they, like, it was God who was doing this thing for mankind. 
and then it's effective how through, through faith, faith we yep. have a part to believe By and grace, understand through faith. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. But not so we boast in no. our own. <laughs> no. Like, oh, I understand it. So look yeah. at me. It's like, no, look at what Christ has done. We'll boast in him. Yep. Okay. That's that's just that section. Uh y'all you want to give us like an overview of just chapter four? What what's happening with the example of Abraham? Um, what is his faith and what happened there? Chapter four to me is Paul's, uh, I put in there like a, an attorney, he's making a case for you are saved by faith, talking to both yeah. the Jews and the Gentiles, mm-hmm. uh, because they they lived, the Jews especially lived in this culture where you were saved by what you did. Um, it, you know, it, it was, you were made right um, by obeying the law and by your works and and Paul is he's breaking down, and he, to me he says the same thing over and over again, three different ways, just breaking down. It's, it's only by faith. It's only by faith. It's only by faith. And this this thing, this section right here, was really impactful to me because I have this tendency to want to work for my salvation. I do, even though I'm saved. And, and I was thinking on the way over here that I, I, times when I do is, is when I sin. Like when I sin, it's like. I, you know, I'll go down and I'll do 50 push-ups, Lord, or, you know, whatever, you know, just <laughs> so, make it up to oh, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, yeah. and I think we try to do it like, and so we spin our wheels and we try, and it is a, uh, I think a weakness, uh, the way some people are wired. Um, but I also thinks a lot has to do with our culture because you earn what you get. Mm. And so we're constantly trying to earn. So Paul is trying yeah. to say, you can't earn it. Mm. You can't, it's, it's by faith. You, 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 you'll never be good enough. You can't work hard enough. It's not by your heritage. It's not by the law. It's only by faith. And so that's what chapter yeah. four is about. Mm. Yeah. It's like, he's a preacher given, here's, here's a great illustration of this. It's like, and he's kind of taking us back again to the old Testament and just going for you Jews, you get this, you know who Abraham is, you know, the stories and all these things, Gentiles, maybe you don't, you probably heard some of the stories. So let me help you. But it's that it's, it's, it's an illustration. It's, right. it's Paul saying Abraham's life is the example of this mm-hmm. from, because well, Jews, you you trace your lineage to this man. Right. Right. He's the father of the Jews, mm-hmm. father Abraham. So the promise of salvation to the world through him. And so they go back to Abraham and they even would probably boast in Abraham a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's what you see some in chapter four mm-hmm. as well. Um, but Abraham's our ancestor, but Paul even makes the case, well, Abraham's the ancestor of all who have faith in right. his his greatest way of kind of helping us understand that is uh, verse 10. When was he justified? When was he made right with God? Mm-hmm. Before or after he was circumcised, right. which circumcision being the sign of the Jews. Right. This mm-hmm. is the sign that you're a Jewish person, you're a people of God. His answer, not after, but before, right? So Abraham was made right with God before he was quote unquote a Jew. Right, because you know what I'm saying. He never was. A, he wasn't a Jew, Cause, right? Right, because right. he was. But even before he had the sign of the covenant, he was made right with God because of faith. Right, that was the point. Yeah. So he's just kind of going, Gentiles, 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 and Jews. You're both children of Abraham mm-hmm. through faith because yeah. you have faith right. in God. So everybody who has faith in Jesus. Now mm-hmm. we can go, man. I'm a, I'm the people of God. I'm the child of Abraham, so to speak, because of faith. So then the obedience followed the faith. Mm-hmm. So Abraham was um, right. Was accredited his account or whatever he was right. made right. Yep. But then he then he was circumcised. So then he acted yes. in obedience. Yes. That's sometimes maybe we try to exactly. earn our way to, mm-hmm. to maybe God will then like me enough that he would choose me instead right. of... Yeah. And that, that is exactly what he's saying here too. Yeah. Same thing that 
Yeah. We obey because we are saved, not in order to be saved. And, and that we're not earning it. We're, we're doing it because we have been, it's, mm-hmm. it, it is, it is the obedience is after the, uh, and, and that's really easy to get that mixed up sometimes uh, that a lot of times we think that I have to do something, I have to do some act to get right with God. Even after we're, we're a follower of Christ, I got to do something to get right with God again. And the truth is, no, it's, it's, it's always by faith. It's always by his grace and believing in who Jesus was. And now there's certainly acts of repentance, but, mm-hmm. uh, but the, mm-hmm. the actual saving is always through faith. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think we'll even unpack this a little more as we go through Romans, because it's it's a, a recurring theme, right? right? The, in mm-hmm. the righteousness of God and what mm-hmm. is our part. Um, you know, you were, you were talking about the Jews and how, you know, one of the problems here we we think were ha- was happening is the the Jews were saying, well, in order for these Gentiles to be Christians, they got to go back and do all the stuff we did. Right. They got to get circumcised. Yes. And they got to do this stuff. Right? Seems like one of Paul's arguments is no, no, no. Like, if you want to keep living like that, that's fine. But it's not earning your salvation, right? Yeah. You, you, God's chosen you. It's wonderful. Mm. Now walk in obedience, but don't mm-hmm. expect the Gentile believers who are coming in to have yeah. to go through those exact same things as you. They don't have to observe the Sabbath the same way you do, or yep. eat the same foods necessarily that you do, and you can still live in unity together. Right? You know? Yeah, we see these arguments come to light in the Book of Acts um, when the Gentiles become Christians, right? And then the Jews have a discussion about it. What do we need to require of them, you know? So we see that. Also, Galatians, obviously, probably Paul's most kind of clear um, argument against that is right. Galatians, where he's just really taking that apart. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We're not. Uh, even talks about Peter in there where Peter had, Peter struggled with that. Yeah. Like how to treat the Jews versus the Gentiles. And anyway, so there's a lot of other, not outside of Romans, there's a lot of other commentary on this from Paul and the other apostles. Yeah. And maybe it would, maybe that's a word to us to, to, to be kind of open-handed like this with other believers, right? Mm. Even other denominations and people in our community who, well, they do it different than we do. Right. Well, instead of going, well, we can't play together then. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, man, certainly we like, can... There's some non-negotiables, but there's also, yeah. this is one of those things of like, well, no, you don't have to be... Gentiles, you don't have to be a Jew mm-hmm. to be a follower of Jesus and be made right with God. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's let, maybe get right here to the end of uh, of four before we jump into the discussion questions today. Um, the application then from the, the example of Abraham um, right here towards the end. Let's see. Verse 21, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That was Abraham. Therefore, mm-hmm. his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness or credited him. Uh, 23, now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, 24, mm-hmm. but for ours also. So mm-hmm. we're looking back and seeing that as well. And then it, righteousness, will be reckoned to us who believe in him who mm-hmm. raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. So there's a two parts that we're believing in him. We're believing in God who raised Christ. Right. So we're believing two different things. One person, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're believing in a thing that happened that God did with, through Christ. We're, it's all going to go back to Christ, but right. anyway, it, it was reckoned to him who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead, 25, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. Yep. Handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for justification. What, what is that? What does that mean? 
handed over to death for our trespasses. So what right. is the payment? Right. Right. What is and back to chapter three, you know, what is the payment for our trespasses, our sins? Death, death. blood. Where there is sin, there must be death. The wages of sin mm-hmm. is death. Right. He's gonna say that in uh, chapter six. So where there's sin, there must be death. That's the wages there. And then mm-hmm. raised to life for our just so and um I mean Paul talks about this in First Corinthians, right? Uh fifteen, about like, man, if if Christ hasn't raised from the dead. We're still dead in our sins. Right. And we are not justified and we should be pitied above all men mm. because we're believing in this nonsense. Mm-hmm. But man, he's raised. And so we are justified because it's true. He really is God to prove. I think he says in chapter one, right? That God raised him from the dead to prove that he is God, that mm. the gospel is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. I mean, the payment's been made and he, is, he has been vindicated by his own resurrection as God and mm-hmm. we in faith in him made, made right with him. Yeah. So. And then us, our being raised or that uh, declaration of justification, his raised gives us life, right? right. That's we are resurrected with mm-hmm. him, right? Our, mm-hmm. our new new lives. I, I you know we, I like what Weir's we had this thought: uh, we are justified by resurrection power, not by human effort. That mm-hmm. that, that we we can't resurrect ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, yeah. right? and that and so. We'll, if that's the basis of us being made right, we're never going to be made right because we can't. But because Christ could, He yeah. was, and He did, we are. We it, it mm-hmm. is applied to us as well, which is to me a, a great thought. Um, yep. Just that, man, Christ has done it for us, and that you know, like I said, He was the penalty, but He's also the answer. That mm-hmm. His His rising from the dead. Yeah. It's like that, uh, and this is going to be terrible English, but follow me here. It's like Christ didn't come to make the good gooder. He came to make the dead alive, right? Yeah. Right, and that's a whole game-changing thing. When he says in John eleven, Jesus says, "I am the resurrection and the life," and that's right before he raises Lazarus from the dead, mm-hmm. and then he raises like you're talking about. I mean, right. Nobody raises themselves right. from the dead. Like right. Lazarus, if Lazarus, if it was left to the devices of Lazarus, Lazarus get... stays dead. Yep. <laughs> Jesus said, "Lazarus, you come out now," you know, and. And he's raised and he is able to come out. So that's exactly it. Another, like mm. Paul could use that as an illustration, just like he uses Abraham. This mm. is our life. It's because Christ. Yeah. He is the resurrection. That's good, y'all. I think we need to jump in some of these discussion questions and, uh, okay. and hit us. See where we, let's do see, it. See what we get. Um, let's, let's talk about uh, number two here. Well, for us, number two. Why do we, instead of receiving God's gift of Jesus to save us, uh, try to earn God's salvation mm-hmm. or, or even God's love and approval. Like I know you said we do, but why, why do we, why do we feel like instead of just receiving this gift, we have to earn it? Go ahead. You know, I struggle with why I, I don't, sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? I do. I struggle with why I, a part yeah. of me thinks that like, again, it's our culture that we live in a culture that you only get what you earn. Mm-hmm. And that the moments where we get something we don't earn, um, we, we, we don't know how to, we don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, we're yeah. taught, Hey, you get up, you go to work, you know, you, you, you make your way. So I think that's part of it. And then the other part of it is, man, I don't know that we would ever say this, but, but a lot of us, we want to feel like we're, we're earning it. That's right. We, yeah. we do. We, you know, yeah. we, we, I, we want to boast. I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm better than I was. And then, so I, I you know, I'm, Almost like trying to prove to God, I'm I'm working the program, you, you know. I'm, I mean, really, I'm doing it. I'm doing the system, yeah. and and so I think it's those things. Um, I'm always amazed the moments where I realize, like, what are you doing? You can't earn it. Stop. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like grace is the ultimate blow to pride, mm-hmm. you know. And we want to be 
pride is again very it's a very cultural thing and just a human nature i mean that is human nature right it's pride it's me i did i accomplished i achieved right. or whatever grace is a blow to that and so when you put your faith in jesus you understand that man it's all about him all to him all for his glory and I didn't do it, and I couldn't do it. And again, chapters one through three is Paul blowing up our pride right. and mm-hmm. making us realize that it's pride that got you in this mess in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we are we're enemies of God in our sin, and we're dead in our sin, and that we need Jesus. And mm-hmm. so it's like grace just grace attacks everything in our sinful nature yeah. until we receive it, and then you realize. Oh, it's the most wonderful thing mm-hmm. ever. And, and my pride, I, again, it is my pride that separated me from God in the first place. And so I, I, to me, that's just it, man. It's that yeah. struggle in our human nature, our sinful nature to want to cling to what I can do, what, right. I, what I can accomplish or whatever, versus the gospel is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm-hmm. He did it, you know. It certainly does feel like he's getting, he letting the Jews know that was a tough way to go, right? They, they have probably had a hard time receiving things right. like that when they wanted to work towards it. Uh, so much of our American culture too, right? It's just, like, don't give me a handout. Don't right. look at me like with, with pity. Right. It makes me look weak. Right. right. Like, exactly. I want to be able to earn what I got. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a pretty American mm-hmm. concept. Um, there's a book uh, by Barclay called Paul and the Gift. And it's very interesting because he puts, he sets uh, what gift means, what grace would mean to first century Romans in that Mm -hmm. Roman context, which the book is written to the church in Rome, um, is that a gift would be from a point of uh, a hierarchy. Like if Mm -hmm. you gave a gift, then you're, because you're higher up and you give a gift to someone, there, there was a, um, we think of gift as like free, right? There was an expectation, like if you gave a gift to mm. someone to like a benefactor, well, they're doing art for you or they're doing something for you in return. Like mm-hmm. there's some sort of exchange. And then so when Paul writes this, he's he's almost blowing that up. Yeah. Like he's going, no, you didn't do anything to earn this. Right. Christ, the only thing Christ uh, demands in return is your obedience, your, yeah. your, your life, your everything. You belong right. to him, right? So it's not, yeah. it, which is still feels like, well, you, you didn't do anything to earn it. But you're going to spend your life yeah. in, and it turns out he empowers that as well. <laughs> you know, like that he empowers that life afterward. Like oh, it's not right. like he just leads He's, us to our own device. Yeah. He fills us with the spirit right. to do it. You know, he and still gives us the ability. It's to, so it's grace to grace. It's from beginning to end. You know, faith to faith, grace faith to grace. To grace whatever he doubles these things. Anyway, it's just interesting, man. Yeah, it's so awesome. hard, isn't it, to for it us is. just accept something? Right, is a free gift. Yeah. So all right, well, look, number three says for us, number three. Um, in what ways do you are you still trying to earn God's salvation or love? Like what 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 ways do maybe you, you feel like you get caught in that trap now? As a believer, yeah. I, for me, I think um, I'll just be honest. Like sometimes I play this comparison game in life, right? In whatever realm. Um, we were talking about this yesterday with some folks about even parenting. Like when you're a parent, you compare how am I parenting versus those people in parenting, and is my kid doing this and meeting all the things? <laughs> Especially when they're little, and they're like, oh, they're walking, and my kids don't walk, and mm-hmm. whatever. So there's this comparison mindset of um, okay, so even in faith, about I see somebody else who's just further along, maybe in their sanctification, in whatever way. That I start looking at that and go, man, I've got to, I've got to earn this, this right to be where they're at, or what they're doing, or have the calling that they have, or the gifts that they have, or whatever that looks like. So that, to me, it kind of plays out that way, where I, I struggle with that sometimes of just comparing my faith to their faith, mm-hmm. um, and thinking, 
you know, I have to achieve or work harder or like impress God to this point of now my faith looks like their faith or something mm. like that versus just, it's like, it, that would be like if, if one child of a, a good father, if one child versus another child thought, well, I'm not the older brother. I want to be like the older, like, you're not the older brother. Mm-hmm. You're the younger brother. That doesn't mean the father doesn't love you. Right. You're a different child, but you're a child, you know, mm-hmm. of the father. So instead of living as a child of the father, sometimes I feel like I have to earn that. I have to compare myself or have to be what somebody else is. But I just think God is, God has saved us and through his son and then just called us to be his children and walk with him and let him sanctify us and work through us, you know? Mm-hmm. So I struggle with it. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that, Kurt. Yeah. You have any ways in which you yeah, mine Mine's when I sin um, that... I don't know if it's because of the culture I was raised in, but like, I know God forgives me, but I feel like after that, I'm trying to earn his love back. And man, that's just a terrible place to be. Mm. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I'll ask him to forgive me and, and, you know, I pray and ask whatever it is. And, but it seems like for a couple of days, I'm thinking he's mad at me, Mm. um, or that, um, I've got to earn my get back in his good graces, you yeah. know, like, like on a ball team where you're trying to earn playing time. Like I'm trying to earn playing time again. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're out for a while. And so you feel like you kind of prove, you got to prove yeah, yourself. I do. I really do. And so I struggle with that. Um, and I'm actually way better than I was, but it is, it is something I struggle with. Mm. Um, and I hate that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then I, I'm going to ramble for a second. When I was thinking about this passage, you know, one of the lines was, you know, has anybody ever given you a letter of recommendation? Which that's to me, mm-hmm. what God has done. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he, he, you know, I, I, he's recommended me. I don't have to earn it. He's already given me this letter. I, I love right. you. I, I recommend. And then the other side of it, he keeps making me recommendable, which is kind of, kind of like, like he takes it. Like if I would just remember that, that mm-hmm. he, he's, he recommends me and he, he's working on my life in those areas to make me recommendable. That I don't have to keep trying to earn something from him. Mm-hmm. So that, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's like good. We have been taken from a place of enmity with God and, and unrighteousness, right? From chapters one to three. And like, he's not just, are we saved? Because I think we almost like cheapen what even salvation means yes. at times. And I think that's why Romans is so amazing. And Colossians, I know we talked about this in Colossians a few months ago, but like he actually takes pleasure in us now. Like he, he right. is pleased with us as his children. Mm-hmm. And I have know? a hard time believing that. Right? Some, uh, it's yes, crazy yes. to think that way. And I think of 1 John, um, 1 John 3, and he talks about, man, if we really understood that we are his children and lived like that, then we would purify ourselves as right. he is pure. Mm-hmm. And so his idea is like, we don't, we don't want to live holy lives like Jesus in order, or we shouldn't, in order to be his children. But because we are. Right. Like live from that, not right. for it. The mm-hmm. pleasure of God, not for it. I think about the prodigal son. I heard a preacher say, I think I, I think it was just in a sermon one time that a preacher said about the prodigal son. Like the, the son that runs away, right? He runs away, he's sinning, he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Whatever. And he separates himself from his father. And he asked the question, When at what point in the story did that son stop being a son of the father? Mm-hmm. Never. Right. Mm-hmm. Never once. Right. That doesn't mean it was right what he did. It doesn't sure. mean any of that, right. that the father was pleased with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was still his son. Mm-hmm. 
and you turn back home, and the father throws his arms around him and kisses him and throws him apart, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me, man, of like, that is a beautiful thought, that the son never stopped being a son, mm-hmm. you know, even like you're saying. The status never changed. Screw right. up, you right. know. And right. I believe this whole heart, Christians can screw up. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Big time and be Christians. Yeah. And uh, no, you should, but you know, we try to. <laughs> and Paul talks about this and we'll get into it later. But, but man, our status, mm-hmm. righteousness, mm-hmm. justification does not get taken from us. Right. Yeah. 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 I, for me, the, the whole earning part is probably, um, I, I use a phrase a lot that Peter uses all throughout just to grow in knowledge and grace, knowledge and grace. And I yeah. would say that as we grow in knowledge, it just means understanding, you know, being intimate with the Lord, understanding what his word says, but then growing grace, which is the, the outworking of that, the actual mm-hmm. something's happening different in my life. And uh, just being in seminary and learning a lot of stuff, gaining a lot of knowledge, um, that doesn't make me any more holy. Just knowing it just makes me know and understand him better and probably right. understand my sin even greater, right? right? And um, But I feel like the the tension is for me to try to level the grace thing. Like, oh, as much mm. as I learn, I better try and right. work it out as much too. And then I might find myself pressing to, you know, serve at the food pantry or whatever. Like I might try to right. do that for the wrong reason, mm. you know, instead of being compelled out of the goodness of the Lord mm. and the kindness of, you know, him and goodwill towards towards people, right. it turns into, well, I got to balance the scales. You know, I've right. learned some more. I'm, I'm responsible for more, so I better do more. And just getting into that, that doing thing, um, I don't know. It's just maybe just part of how I'm wired as well. Yeah. But these are the traps. These are the traps yeah, that we I fall agree. into. Uh, and of course, like you were saying, the, the, the remedy is to remember that Christ has done all of the work. He's done it. He's done. Mm, yeah. He's settled. God has settled our account. So then lastly, then just how can we help each other remember? How can we help each other to remember that faith in Jesus makes us righteous and right with God? How do we just remember it? It is about Jesus. I know I've said this to our people before that I need people to preach the gospel to me. You know, yeah. like while preaching, I know I've said that. Like, please preach the gospel to me. Remind me. We need to do that all the time. We need to read Romans and Colossians and Ephesians and Hebrews and mm-hmm. all these books of the Bible that that together and do that. And we talk, I know we talk a lot here about growth groups and being the church together and growing together and serving. But it is so important, like just to have right. that community because I mean, I get in my head sometimes, you know, exactly. where I'm not thinking right and I'm beating myself up about whatever, or I'm being selfish and stupid too. Mm-hmm. So like, I need people helping me and encouraging me and reminding me or hold me accountable, you know, and reminding me who I am in the Lord and what that means to walk that out. So and that's mm-hmm. a simple answer, but we just need each other. I, I believe that. I agree. Uh, mine was very similar. I think we give grace. Oh, yes. That when, when I give grace... Yeah. Is a reminder to me that I've been given grace, yeah. and when I give, um, making people earn it, it reinforces those false thoughts that I have to earn it. Mm-hmm. And so, very like you said, preach the gospel. Me, the gospel is that I've been saved through faith by grace. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, I think by giving people grace, you know, I'm, I'm not, I won't say I'm great at it all the time. But I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mm-hmm. trying to give grace and trying, trying, trying to. But also having a community of people where, where that's happening to me as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes as a pastor, we always feel like, yeah, like we got to be perfect. And, and that, um, I hope not. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just in that. And so the enemy has a really like, he has a, a loud voice sometimes in my, like you said, I can get my, in mind, like, 
man, you you got no business saying you got no business doing this podcast. You you, you just, <laughs> what you said to your wife, your kid, you know, just mm-hmm. and you just got to remember, man, that uh, you got to have people around you that give you grace and they, and to give grace. Mm, yeah. So you're saying when you give grace, like when you show grace to someone, that is a reminder that it is to they me. Didn't earn, they're yeah. not earning this. I'm right. giving this right. to them. Exactly. And preaching the gospel is this more than our words too. Like when somebody forgives you, right? You receive that. Mm-hmm. You're able to see it, and that's a tangible like that person. That's preaching the gospel, you mm. know what I mean, through your actions to somebody mm. of forgiveness and grace. Mm. And that's exactly right. I love that. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. I don't know that I can add anything. I think yeah. it's it's life and community, doing right. life together. I mm-hmm. Which I personally, and this we may disagree on this, but personally, I think that's why Paul's writing this letter right. <laughs> to begin with, mm-hmm. is so that these two groups of people will be the church right. together. They have mm-hmm. differing opinions. They worship slightly different. But he says, I want you to be together in this and you know chapter 15 we were even talking about it earlier mm-hmm. uh, lunch um where apollo almost says that like yeah. I, I want you guys to live in unity as mm-hmm. well i'm writing this letter he to you praise it over them yeah that's how he ends the letter in right. chapter 15 yep he prays it over them. and so um you know for us to to do that together live life together even in the different ways and different places that we go that we we're reminded that it's it's about christ it's about right. christ in us and, yep um anyway well, it's a good conversation today, guys. We've taken yeah. some some heavy and weighty stuff, some deep theological things, and just brought it down to when we walk out of here, what's it going to look like? Right. Which is the purpose of this podcast. Yeah. So if you if you're watching, you know, the After Church podcast is about taking what we hear on Sunday and apply it to our lives on Monday. Uh, so I hope you guys are able to do that. Make sure you check out the resources page, eastridge.church/romans. Uh, that'll get you all of the uh, sermon content, all of these discussion questions that we're going through, questions for reflection. Uh, there'll also be some other videos and other resources available there. And uh, and man, we want to see you on Sunday. We'd love for you there to you be go. present. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this before. Man, it's hard to get just uh, if you got week three. And that's all you got of Romans. That was <laughs> gonna be a tough week. Hard time, yeah. Yeah. So it's really important to be here for and just you know, be reading through it together. We're doing mm, that together as a church, mm. reading through the reading plan, and yep. you know, please uh, be talking with each other about it. Talk with us about it. What you know, we want this to be a conversation as a church and continue to walk through it together. So. Yep. And so for now, we're gonna we're gonna pause after this uh, after after today's episode. And we'll be going into another sermon series, but we're gonna come be coming back. Is it right after Easter? I think. In, or, April, May. Okay, April, yeah. May, we're going to be coming back with part two of Romans where we'll cover uh, some more section, uh, some more of the section of Romans, and then we'll catch more after in the fall and winter. So we're going to spend the year going through the book of Romans, just different, uh, different time periods. Uh, anyway, hang in there with us, and uh, we hope to see you on Sunday. Have a see great week. Thanks, Thanks guys. Wow, wow, wow. Sweet. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good. Good. Conversation.